everyone and welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. Um, it's just me today. Josh will join us in the next episode previewing the game against the Ravens, but I'm here today to recap the Giants' huge 27-22 victory over the Green Bay Packers. Um, this was just a huge win. So happy. Probably the biggest win in Giants uh, for the Giants in the past three, four years, probably since 2016, Um, and and this was just a great game, great comeback, uh, you know, great team effort, great spirit from the whole group, uh, and just super happy that we could uh, end the, you know, morning, I guess, because this game was in London, uh, with a nice win, and we head back to New York, New Jersey uh, at four and one, suit like it there was just nothing that really went wrong except for a couple of injuries today um but we'll get into all of that um i guess let's just talk about the main man uh daniel jones uh questionable coming in it seemed uh after his ankle injury in the previous game against chicago couldn't play a couple of snaps at the end of the game uh they had to do some wildcat stuff with saquon barkley matt Breida, um and then he came in and hand the ball off of couple of times but it didn't look like he was moving well we then got reports in practice that he was moving well um and that he didn't even have a uh injury designation coming into this weekend uh and into this london trip tyrod taylor was out uh in concussion protocol and davis webb was elevated from the practice squad as his backup he was not needed luckily today and daniel jones put on a hell of a show today, went 21 for 27, 217 yard, uh, yards passing, and 37 yards rushing. It was not, you know, the stats, right? They don't tell the story. I always talk about this with Josh. They don't tell the story. They don't tell the complete story. They do tell a story. Daniel Jones made maybe one or two bad throws today, but when it mattered, he hit it on the money, and it just seemed like it was like all the awareness Uh, His pocket presence, the things that kind of felt like they were missing in previous games, just really all came together today. Am I saying he's the franchise quarterback? No. Am I getting ahead of myself? No. But I will say in this individual game, he played extremely well. He got praise from Brian Dable uh, at the end of the game and and from his fellow teammates as well. So uh, this was certainly a hell of a showing. He had a bloody hand at one point. He kept playing, um, you know, you know, through all the pain. I don't think you can question this guy's determination his drive um, and what he puts on the line for this team you can't question that you may not think he's the best quarterback for the New York Giants you may not think he's the future quarterback of the New York Giants but you cannot deny uh, you know what effort he puts in uh, every week uh, you know every day to hopefully get better and to you know get wins for his team and it was you know it was one of those days that I was like damn you know I'm proud Daniel Jones the quarterback of this team Um, but yeah, you know, just great performance from him. Great showing. And it was some of those, you know, simpler passes, uh, that, you know, sometimes he missed in previous games that he was hitting today. Uh, all, you know, even the tight throws, they were all in the money, tight spiral. Sometimes when, you know, previously he would take a sack or throw an interception, he would just throw the ball away. Just some, you know, small details that really make or, you know, make or break games at the NFL level and he was able to execute properly. So that was um, probably the most impressive. And then, obviously, his wide receiver core included Darius Slayton, um, who was it, Marcus Johnson, Davis Sills, and Richie James. So uh, it's not like it was filled with all-stars today, Uh, you know, a few tight ends, and obviously Saquon Barkley. But 
his weapons are not, you know, they were probably the weakest they've been all season tonight, uh, this morning, I should say. And he was able to shine through uh, and, you know, set up plays for those players. And, you know, got to give credit where it's due. Those wide receivers certainly stepped up as well. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Daniel Jones, you know, I'm I'm usually not, I wouldn't say I'm a, a supporter. I wouldn't say I'm a hater. I'd say I'm kind of neutral about it. I said, you know, let's give him this year. Let's see what he does. Um, you know, haven't been overly impressed the first three, uh, four weeks, uh, but this week was certainly impressed. And, you know, is it going to continue? That's the main question. He shows all these flashes. Is he going to be able to put it all together week in and week out like all the elite quarterbacks in the NFL are able to do? Your Joe Burrows, uh, I don't know why I thought of his name first, your Patrick Mahomes, your Justin Herberts, your... Uh, Josh Allen's, of course, who's probably the best quarterback in the NFL right now uh, and in the past, and even currently, your Tom Brady's, your Aaron Rodgers, who obviously, uh, despite not winning, still had a pretty decent performance today. So can Daniel Jones reach the heights of those players? Maybe, maybe not, probably not, um, but you know that's not the point of uh, you know why we're talking about him today. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley was immense today. There was the huge scare in the second half. He went out with a shoulder injury, went into the blue tent, then went into the locker room, and then we were all super excited to see him run out of the locker room. He was taped up on the shoulder, came right back into the game. You could see he was excited. He couldn't be held back. He couldn't be stopped. He came into the game, uh, you know, had a few big rushes, uh, you know, 40-yard pluses, uh, at least one. Uh, that was really, really big, and he had, uh, I want to believe it was Amos, like, completely on ice skates at one point, and he was just, you know, the main man, you know, these wide receivers are out, Galladay's out, Shepard's out, um, who else, you know, Tony, Robinson, all those guys are out, you need to lean on Saquon Barkley, and he's carrying this team on his back in terms of the playmaking, uh, in terms of, you know, the running back position, just all the playmakers, uh, and he's really producing for Daniel Jones in this offense, 13 carries, 70 yards, one touchdown in the rushing game, three receptions, 36 yards in the passing game. Had a couple of drops today too, uh, which, you know, he had a great game, but has to be mentioned. Some concentration issues where he's already looking forward, uh, you know, upfield before uh, he even has the balls in his hands. So I'm sure that's something he's going to work on uh, this week. He had a couple of those uh, in a couple of screen plays for the Giants. Um Overall, there's nothing more to say about Saquon Barkley. I mean, he is back to his form, his rookie season form. He's explosive, the burst, the cuts, the vision. It's just all there um, for Saquon Barkley. And to be honest, I think the Giants almost don't use him enough. They almost didn't use him enough today. I get maybe they were being a little bit uh, you know, precautionary with that shoulder injury once he came back. But man, you got to feed Saquon the ball. And when we ran the ball, we ran the ball well. In the passing game... I, I, you know, Josh isn't here, so it's so unfortunate, but doesn't mean I can't still say it. Darius Slayton, the man I'm, okay, if there's one player on the Giants who I defend with my life, it's Darius Slayton, and I think today you saw why. He had numerous important catches, you know, as much as the stat line matters, it also doesn't matter. They were key catches in key places, key outlets for Daniel Jones, could have even had a couple more, Um, but no drops today you know, no, any like major mistakes today. So I want all the Darius Slayton haters to, you know, kind of look away from that. He had six receptions, 79 yards today. And he really showed you that speed, 
that the Giants, you know, that he had in his uh, in his rookie and sophomore seasons. And I think with some of these wide receivers continuing to be out, Darius Slayton's going to be a big part of this Giants team uh, continuing to move on uh, in future games. And I think his over-the-top speed, his ability to get by and, uh, you know, pass the defense is something that's extremely valuable in this Brian Dable, Mike Kafka offense, especially with the play action uh, that you can do with Saquon Barkley and his threat in the running game. So Darius Slayton thought he was great today. Marcus Johnson, who got elevated from the practice squad, also had a couple of really key catches, getting a couple of key first downs, three receptions, 35 yards, was the only wide receiver elevated from the practice squad. Um, And he, you know, he showed why he should have been the one. Um, And he certainly had a solid game as well. Nothing to write home about, but uh, certainly solid. Two players who, I wouldn't say they were in the doghouse, but we've noticed with Brian Dable that sometimes he has certain receivers not playing during certain games. We saw Kadarius Tony like that week one. We saw Galladay like that week two. So it seems like he just like pick and choo- picks and chooses players for each week. And this week, it really seemed like it was David Sills mostly, but also to a small extent, Richie James, who were both just really not involved whatsoever uh, today. But particularly David Sills, it felt like uh, each of them had a couple catches, but I'm not sure we don't have like the snap count numbers out yet. Usually that comes out a little bit later uh, in the night or tomorrow. But what like what made it that David Sills and Richie James were not as ideal matchups as Darius Slayton or Marcus uh, Marcus Johnson, right? Darius Slayton, you know, had been behind those two for weeks now in the depth chart, even back into training camp. What changed in this game? Um, And that's, you know, something that I can't answer. Uh, and only Brian Dable and Mike Kafka can answer, but certainly an interesting continuing theme about this, like throwing wide receivers in the doghouse, uh, like each week, uh, you know, certain players just not involved or a certain couple players just not involved, uh, which is certainly interesting. But David Sills uh, still had a couple of important catches, but, you know, it just felt like he was out there on maybe less than 50% of the snaps. Going to the defensive side of the ball now, which is really where the Giants shine today, especially. Adoree Jackson, unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about this. He has a knee injury. It looked bad initially. According to him, it's uh, it was precautionary to take him out of the game, whatever that means. Is it an MCL? Is it an ACL? I have no idea. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a Twitter doctor. I'm not going to speculate. But what I will say is Adoree Jackson, I've said this time and time again on this podcast, he's the most important player on this Giants team, more important than Daniel Jones, almost, you know, definitely more, I would, not definitely, but um, more important in my opinion than Saquon Barkley, more important than Dexter Lawrence, Xavier McKinney, Adoree Jackson, the having the ability to put your number one corner and have him on an island with their, uh, with your opponent's number one wide receivers, just something that's so valuable especially when your corner depth after that particular player drops to players like, no disrespect, but Fabian Moreau, Justin Lane, well, and Nick McLeod, players who I'm going to talk about in a couple minutes who really stepped up today, so kudos to them. But in terms of you're going to be covering a guy, uh, I'm just thinking about some of the receivers coming up, a guy like CeeDee Lamb, a guy like A.J. Brown when we played the Eagles. Um, who else are we playing that I could think of? Uh, or Seahawks, right? DK Metcalf. How are you going to cover those alpha receivers, um, those X receivers? You really need uh, a guy like Adoree Jackson or a guy who we used to have like James Bradbury who can really just stick, uh, you know, stick on an island with them. And I think that's extremely valuable. We'll have to wait and see. We'll brace for the news for Adoree Jackson. 
Hopefully it is not bad because he's a hugely important player for this Giants defense. They were able to survive without him today, but if you look at the Packers offense, they don't really have an X receiver, an alpha receiver, a number one receiver, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Alan Lazard, maybe. Uh, Romeo Dubs, I believe it is. Um, who else? Christian Watson, I believe, ended the game pretty early. He had an injury, but I mean, none of those guys are your typical number one receiver. Um, even next week, right? We go to Baltimore. Uh, Devin Duvernay. Um, you know who? Who else? Devin Duvernay. I'm trying to think. Uh, Rashad Bateman. Like none of those guys are your your typical number one receivers either. So, Adoree Jackson. If he misses next next week, not the end of the world. Um, but you know, moving forward, we're definitely going to want Adoree Jackson back, and he's extremely important to this Giants team. Speaking of cornerbacks, though, I said I was going to mention them. Nick McLeod and Justin Lane were admirable uh, coming in uh, in backup of uh, Dory Jackson and also Fabian Moreau, who ended up going out with an injury. So respect to them. Uh, Justin Lane had a very nice pass breakup. Uh, Nick McLeod had nice coverage on a couple of plays, did get beat a couple of times, but that's to be expected when you're just thrown in out, you know, out in the cold um, against Aaron Rodgers, and he was definitely targeted for a couple of plays. But Nick McLeod, Justin Lane, respect to, the, uh, respect to them. And as well as Fabian Moreau, uh, before he went out, I thought he was solid as well. So that whole, you know, cornerback group, the safety group, Dane Belton as well had a very good game. Julian Love, uh, Xavier McKinney, all those guys on the back end certainly uh, contributed to today's win. Dexter Lawrence, this guy, I don't know what's what's happened, right? You saw flashes of it in the past couple of seasons, but this year it's all coming together um, for Dexter Lawrence. Another huge sack today uh, to take Green Bay out of field goal range, save three points. They ended up punting it away, and it was such a big sack on Aaron Rodgers. And Dexter Lawrence, you look at him, his progression as a pass rusher is is unbelievable. Um, I believe in a couple episodes ago, we talked about a chart uh, where it was talking about double teams in comparison to pass rush win rate, and he was up there with guys like Chris Jones and uh, Jeffrey Simmons, like he is becoming one of those elite interior linemen, defensive linemen in the NFL. Um, Good thing the Giants picked up his fifth year option, but I certainly think there could be an extension coming for Dexter Lawrence at the end of the season. Really big fan of what he's doing. Um, And overall, it's just, you know, there's nothing bad to say about Dexter Lawrence in the run game. He's great in the pass rush game. He's great. Uh, and he really gets after the quarterback, even despite his size in the open field. So really great from Dexter Lawrence. Darnay Holmes, another cornerback uh, to talk about. He was great in coverage today. Uh, had a big breakup on Randall Cobb, who is Rogers' favorite target today. Uh, you could clearly tell that, that Randall Cobb is, I guess if you want to say, their number one receiver, even though he's more of a slot guy. But Darnay Holmes uh, really held it, you know, held, held him together today, uh, you know, and it felt like Randall Cobb after that first explosive 35-yard catch wasn't a big factor for the remaining parts of the game. I would say Packers run defense, right, or Packers run uh, offense is one of the most lethal in the game. They got Aaron Jones, they got A.J. Dillon, both of whom are great running backs, great one-two punch, but they were both limited to just around 100 yards today, a little under 100 yards. So great performance um, by the Giants' run defense, whether that be Nick 
uh, Nick Williams, DJ Davidson, who went out with an injury. We're unsure about his status. That's another guy to mention, um, but he obviously contributes in the run game. Uh, and Dexter Lawrence, obviously, who just eats up blocks. Uh, and then the linebackers, you know, Austin Kletro when he came in, um, Jalen Smith, who's just flying all over the field, uh, and obviously Tay Crowder, who's known to be a very good run defender, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, in the 2020 NFL draft, who is still holding strong as the Giants uh, linebacker, interior linebacker number one. So nice to see that uh, from, you know, one of Dave Gettleman's, I guess, successful draft picks. You're looking back at it now. Saquon Barkley, I don't know, controversial one, um, but Dexter Lawrence, Andrew Thomas, obviously, who continues to be phenomenal, and uh, Tay Crowder are the ones I think of when I think of successful Dave Gettleman draft picks. So Tay Crowder, another guy who's just completely uh, exceeding expectations. At the end of the game, obviously, the Packers had a huge uh, red zone uh, opportunity. It was third and goal, fourth and goal, fourth and two, I believe it was. Uh, and the Giants got two pass deflections in a row, uh, and they came up big, stopping Aaron Rodgers in his tracks uh, when it looked almost certain at that point. When Aaron Rodgers is inside the twenty with less than you know two minutes left, you're thinking, you know, it's over. He's going to score a touchdown. He's Aaron Rodgers, but Giants defense held firm, um, and they were able to hold on, which was you know very impressive. And I was. Uh, happy to see that and it was really a big relief and then of course he realized oh wait the game's not over yet Uh, Giants smartly take a safety with Jamie Gillen um, and then they kick it away Aaron Rodgers you know false start then he has to do you know a Hail Mary type thing but he can't really get the Hail Mary off Uh, he ends up kind of fumbling sat you know whatever uh, and the game ends for the Giants there so Certainly, uh, you know, kind of a nerve-wracking end, but would it really be a Giants win without a nerve-wracking end? I don't think so. So, you know, it is what it is as long as the W uh, is the end result. That's the most important thing. I want to talk about, to conclude this episode, what is Joe Shane and Brian Dable doing differently from the previous regime? I'd say the difference is you know, as much as people want to say, oh, look, the guys look energized, look, they love the coach. You could have said that for the same thing for Joe Judge two years ago. But I think the difference is here is that instead of the Giants losing close games, the Giants are winning these close games. There was a lot of games in the past where it was like Kansas City on Thursday night football. I remember that game. Oh, we kept it close with Kansas City. You know, it was great. Uh, But we still ended up losing. There was a ton of games where it was like, wow, we're really competing. The Buccaneers, I believe, two years back, right? Uh, It was like 35-32. It was like, oh, wow, we came close. We almost beat them. You know, we were competitive. But are you really competitive until you actually start beating these teams? And I think that's the difference. When you're beating Green Bay uh, and that confidence that comes with that, even when you're beating the regular teams that you're supposed to beat, you know, teams like the Bears, teams like the Panthers, teams like the Titans who you know, all due respect are, you know, a great team too. So Titans are a good team. um, And that's certainly an impressive win, but it's about really making these comebacks, right? You never saw the Giants coming back from 10, 13 points down to win football games. And I think that's the big difference in the momentum and the confidence of this Giants team. Uh, I don't know how they're doing it, but it's certainly impressive. And if you asked me, you know, a month ago, if the Giants are going to be four and one after five weeks, I would have told you that you're insane. So certainly all positive signs going around this Giants organization so far um, and super excited to continue going through this season. 
We'll have a preview on Thursday or on Friday. It comes out usually uh, for the Ravens game. That'll be a tough one. They're playing right now on Sunday Night Football. We'll see how they do. Um, and hopefully the Giants are watching, getting prepared already for that one. Make sure to go follow us on Twitter at the Giant Take Pod on Instagram, TikTok, etc. At the Giant Take. Um, make sure to go subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Um, click that like button, and if you're on, you know, listening for on the podcast platforms, uh, make sure to give us a five star rating and review. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode, and we'll see you next time. Looking forward to Baltimore. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.